Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Hey, you can come get fresh, organic, local produce combined with, you know, just the knowledge and the education and just the friendship that it builds. It's an extremely positive movement, for sure. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If you've ever wanted to add good vibes and nutrition to your neighborhood, then starting a community garden just might be the way to do it. Today, we'll learn all about how to do that with lessons from Tampa's Harvest Hope Community Garden. Just north of the University of South Florida's Tampa campus is an urban oasis, Harvest Hope Park. The seven-acre park is a sanctuary for residents with a playground, sports fields, fitness stations, and a lot more. And it all started eight years ago with the park's first feature, Harvest Hope Community Garden. Sarah Combs is executive director and CEO of the University Area Community Development Corporation, or University Area CDC, which oversees the garden. And Derek Liraquente is a Harvest Hope Community Garden volunteer. I recently visited with them to learn how the garden got up and running, what challenges they faced along the way, and advice for anyone looking to start a community garden. We started this garden about eight years ago. It was a a seven acre plot of land that had really no positive activity happening on it. And we determined that we wanted to plant a community garden of all things. Uh, And surprisingly, we got a lot of pushback from outside parties because uh, they thought that there was a lot better things to do with this land than to plant a community garden. That's just kind of interesting to talk about, you know, health and wellness and how people's perspectives really um, influence a lot of, you know, community, community gardening and, and community assets uh, because people just don't really understand the benefits of, of how food is health. And that's how we see our garden. So where'd you get a crazy idea like planting a community garden? Seven acres, you said. Yeah, well, we have seven acres here in the heart of the community. And the first thing that um, I thought was really important for us to do was something that we could engage residents in. So something that they could literally come out and be a part of. And I thought, you know, being a farmer's daughter from Colorado, there's no better way to do that than to plant a garden. Um, And so that's what we decided to do was to plant not just a garden, but an organic garden. And so um, it took a while to catch on. It was it was it was tough at first because, you know, residents didn't understand what was happening and they didn't understand that this was for them. So um, it took about a year to get them truly engaged. And what we did after we planted it is we would harvest the vegetables and go door to door, knocking on doors, talking to residents, giving them the vegetables and inviting them to come out and to take a part in the gardening. Very cool. Now, Derek, you live right here in the neighborhood. Correct. Tell me about the neighborhood and how you got involved with the garden. The neighborhood, it's a, you know, it's a very diverse place. Like you have everything from young college kids, you know, and then you have 
the local families that have been here for generations on generations. So it's very diverse, beautiful area, full of life. But, you know, this definitely improved the whole mentality of the the ecosystem, in my opinion. How did you get involved? Sarah said oh. that they were going door to door. Is that how you got involved with uh, the garden? No, actually. So how I got involved was actually through a friend, um, Kaya and Shay. And they actually uh, did just online posting about it because they're very into, you know, like community driven things and um, also just learning about gardening. So it spread quick. I think that with the power of social media, the power of the door to door, the power of, you know, something this positive it definitely spread quick. And now, you know, you see a whole line out here. You got a bunch of you know, elderly people all the way down to little babies in the garden picking fresh strawberry or, you know, so it's exciting. I got to see some of the fresh strawberries and mango and cucumbers and I don't know what all else. So can both of you paint a picture for us? Mm -hmm. How big is the garden? What is growing there? It's really like I have garden envy right now because I think everyone would want their garden to look like that. Well, and just to kind of talk about how the evolution of the garden started, when we first started, we were really specific in not having individual plots. We wanted to have plots for the community to be able to all come in together and do that. We started with 33-bed organic garden. And organic is important to say because it's, um, it's tougher to do an organic garden. It's a lot tougher and it's a little bit more expensive as well, but we really felt true to provide that health and wellness in an organic way. Um, The garden then evolved and now we do longer beds that aren't just individual beds. And then we've also added a landscaping demonstration project in the back to where we're planting flowers and you can take clippings off of those flowers and plants and plant them in your own yard. So it's really cool to see how, honestly, like every two or three years, the garden kind of, it's fluid, so it shifts and it changes based on who's loving it and caring it and feeding it. And you'll see new plants that, that get planted based on residents that live in our our community. We have a culturally diverse community, one of the most diverse communities in Tampa Bay. And that's one of our greatest strengths. And so what you'll find is residents are coming here from different countries and we want them to feel like home. So we're telling them plant what you would plant at home and get a sense of you in this garden. And you'll see that here with all the different items that we have. We have an amazing assortment of vegetables and fruits um, and now trees that we planted. And it's just, um, it's a place that can really feed your soul. So what's an example of a plant that someone would have planted in their home country that's now growing here? Yeah, so um, uh, Jamaican sorrel, uh, which is really cool. So I had no idea about Jamaican sorrel. And I learned that you take the berries and you can make this amazing drink out of it. And it's so delicious. We also have um, bananas aren't, aren't, you know, anything crazy. But the story behind the bananas is crazy because we never thought bananas would grow in our garden. And uh, one of our staff, actually, uh, when we first started it, they planted one. And we all laughed that it wouldn't, it wouldn't grow. And now you should see our banana uh, trees. They've just popped up everywhere and they're producing bananas like crazy. So it's really cool. And I'm sure you probably have some, some uh, different stories to share as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even on that banana note, I've tried some of the ripe, fresh bananas and they're great. Um, as David said, they are the uh, ice cream strand of bananas. So they, they're really amazing. But uh, as you're stating, there's, it's a very diverse community and you can even just see it in the garden. You have Everything from from mangoes to we just planted some amaranth to some um, this Korean melons that we just put out there. It's a very, very beautiful place, um, full of color, full of 
an amazing assortment of nutritional stuff that just like you said it feeds your soul as well as you know your gut as well as you know just the whole environment um it's great you know you see bees butterflies flying around you see all the birds flying in and and i think it's just great for the ecosystem as well as the community so um it's an exciting place to be at very colorful vibrant what was the initial reaction from the community i i heard that people thought you had to pay for the food and so they were trying to break in to get the food tell me about that Sam. yeah it was really interesting that um one of the challenges that we had and why we had to put a fence up the fence really wasn't necessarily for people it was more for critters and animals and dogs and things but we learned that people were breaking into the garden to take the food and so we thought oh my gosh we're not doing a good job communicating what this garden is so we posted signs around the garden that said um, respect the garden. The food is free. Just just come and talk to us. Engage with us. Um, you can have the food. And so it was really taking that shift, almost a paradigm shift from um, this is ours and we're keeping it to no, this is yours. And we want it to thrive and flourish because this is the community garden. And um, we want to make sure that the community has the ownership in it and they make sure that they feel part of it. And when you feel part of something, um, you take care of it. When you feel part of something, you care about it. And it's, it's a vested interest of yours. And that's the mentality we want to have here, not just with the garden, but the entire park, that it's not our park, it's the community's park. And the community takes care of the park. And that's why you'll see that when you come here, the vibes that you, you'll sense are, are just love and trust and respect. And that is intently in purpose because you literally see signs around it that say those words. We have a huge hope sign in the middle of the multi-purpose sports field because we want to spread hope and joy and kindness throughout this community. And that's really what this garden um, is, is established for and um, the messages that we're trying to spread throughout the community. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. I want a community garden. (laughs) There's an empty lot on my street and I have fantasies of turning it into a community garden. How do you actually do that? Who pays for this? If the food is free... Derek, you're a volunteer. What's your volunteer schedule like and how does it all continue to run? Yeah. And I would say I was in your same position and I said, we're going to create a community garden. And, you know, other than being a farmer's daughter and and having my own garden in Colorado, didn't know much about the logistics. Um, But you find people that have those expertise and that that um, knowledge and that passion to be able to do it. You pull them in, right? You can't do this work alone. So we invite people into the fold and bring their passions and desires in a way that really can create something magical. So we did that. We brought in David Whitwam, who has his own organic farm. Um, He was the first person I called and I said, hey, I have this crazy idea. Can you help me launch it off the ground? Um, And he said, it's not a crazy idea. And yes, I can. And so it started with that. And um, one thing led to another. I mean, we just did one bed at a time and it grew and it grew and it grew. But I would say, don't overthink it. If you want to plant a community garden, find some people that share that interest and plant a community garden and it'll grow. It'll grow faster than you think it will. Hmm. I don't know. I have like butterflies about that. Uh, Derek, how often do you volunteer in the garden and what's it like on, is there one day of the week when people come to get the food or how does that work? Friday is 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. The environment is very open, friendly. Um, everybody is, you know, introducing each themselves. Everybody's helping each other. You know, it's it's a beautiful place to to really come out to, you know, because I see Everything from the, the elderly to the, the youngsters just running around, playing in the soil. And 
it's inspiring because, you know, sometimes like out here, it's like you say, you get pushback for things like this that are just amazing for the community, but other people don't see the same, the same value in it. And like you stated, originally the people didn't realize that this was for them still, even to this day, like you might have people that lived on the same street and they come walking up asking, what is this? And, you know, just describing to them that, Hey, you can come get 50 to a hundred dollars worth of groceries for free. Like this is fresh, organic, local produce combined with, you know, the food bank combined with, you know, just the knowledge and the education and just the friendship that it builds. It's an extremely positive movement for sure. Movement. I like Mm -hmm. that. Derek, talk to me more about the knowledge that you mentioned has participating in the garden changed your eating habits at all? Um, yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I really aim to have more of like plant-based diet now and just the fresh local organic produce has brought so much vibrance and really the education part of it or the knowledge part of it kind of just taught me that I can grow stuff right outside of my house, just in pots or inside of my house with pots. And for instance, Alex gave me a little African blue basil plant that started off with two leaves. And now I have like this little bush in my house. So it's an amazing, amazing thing. I'm really super grateful um, and, and thankful that you guys really did this for real. Sarah, how did you know? Oh, she's beaming. <laughs> she's like a proud mom. How did you know that a community garden was the right place to start. What is it about gardening that gives off all these good vibes? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the first thing that kind of has to back up to the garden, you have to tell the story before the garden, was uh, we have these seven seven acres in the heart of the community, and um, everyone thought housing, we're going to put housing here, housing here. Um, And when I stepped into the CEO role, I said, have we asked the community what they want? And um, that hadn't been done. And it was just assumed that everyone wanted housing. And so we, we did. We asked the community. We did community meetings. We sat down with residents. We talked about what they wanted. And they said, we wanted a safe place for our kids to run and play. We wanted a place where we could meet our neighbors and build that social um, efficacy that was so missing in our community. And so they said, we want a park. And, and on the park, we want a garden. We want, we want these things. And so, you know, we listened. And, you know, I think that was the most important and crucial step for our redevelopment of this area is starting with what the residents want and the seven acres being really the heart of the community. And having started with a garden is something that you can see grow. And there's, you know, there's meaning in in watching something grow and blossom. And that's kind of, you know, how we see the community. It's, you know, investing our time and efforts into the community um, and seeing it grow and thrive. And then meeting people like Derek and hearing his story. I mean, this is exactly what the garden has been meant for. And um, it's truly bringing residents together in a way that no other forum could do. And if you come out on Friday, you will feel the vibe. You'll hear the music. You'll see the butterflies and the bees. You'll see neighbors laughing and joking and, and, and communicating with each other. It's, it's something special. And we're just so excited to be able to share it with you and everyone listening so they can see how important community gardening is. Not just, you know, feeding your soul, but also how it brings the community together. Okay. Derek, um, what's the last thing you ate out of the garden? Um, actually, before we even did this podcast, we just... Walked out there, grabbed a strawberery. Um, yeah, an organic, local, little, bright 
red strawberry. It was delicious. <laughs> I saw it. And you know what? Strawberries are on my grocery list. So yeah. like I could just do my shopping right here. <laughs> exactly. Sarah, you talked about getting other people involved. Can you kind of give me a, a little blueprint? Where do I start? You briefly mentioned someone that you called immediately, but like, who are the people you need to have on your team if you're going to make this work and, and have it funded? Yeah, you, you definitely need to have someone that knows how to be a gardener, an organic gardener in Florida. Um, number one, I mean, that's so incredibly important because that was quite a learning curve for me. I thought, you know, gosh, I've been planting gardens all my life and, you know, I've, I've been doing this, but Colorado versus Florida is completely different. So um, that, I would say, number one, is so incredibly important. Get um, individuals who are well-versed in um, organic gardening, organic farming. Um, and then the other piece, I would say, is to be able to bring in volunteers. So get a good core group of volunteers who are going to commit to specific time because the garden takes work. I mean, it is work. I mean, it, all that um, beautiful fruits and vegetables that are growing and, and the, just the environment you see doesn't happen overnight. It ha happens because the volunteers are tending it and caring for it. So I think that once you have um, kind of that education leader of gardening, then you have a core group of volunteers, then I think you're able to just start small. Just start small. Start with one or two beds, right? And then once you have something started, then you can start to talk about it. Then you can start to bring in funders. You can bring in different um, groups that would want to support the efforts that you're doing. They want to support something that they can see. You know, not all the time do they want to support a vision, but if they can see it happening in, in the ground, they can see the blossoms that are coming from it then they'll want to be involved. So that's what I say. Start small, um, get a core group of volunteers, a good leader, just start, and then you can bring in some funding sources to be able to sustain the garden. Mm, that's such good advice. People want to support something that they can see. Derek, would you add anything to that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely a great point because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of positive vision. and um, But just getting in and, you know, putting your hand in the soil, you know, laying out a bed and you know finding like a local organic gardener or even even just someone you know down the street that had grows their own plants to just to, to come help help the garden now that's an extremely important aspect so that it's not just talk it's it's like hey we put in this work you know we're already sustaining this we're going to keep this going but if you guys could help us out and in investing into this to spread this out you know it it improves everything so uh yeah starting off with that vision making it a reality on your own and then you know being able to present it to you know a higher level of that realm is extremely important i think yeah yeah and, and one of the things that we did was once we finally got established we started bringing people in to see the garden and we brought in tampa general health right tampa general hospital um, and we brought John Kors, the CEO, out here, and he was so impressed with uh, what we were doing in the community as it relates to um, health and wellness that they uh, adopted the garden for 10 years. So it can happen. It starts from little and it grows into something big and sustainable. And that's the key is making sure that it's sustainable and that it'll be around for you know generations to come. And it's not just someone's visit, vision. You bring the entire community around to support it. So it doesn't just fall on one person supporting it. It's it's, you know, when, when a community is gathered around it and rallying for it, it can't fail. This sounds like a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> you're, I know I'm you're, okay with that. You're part of the story, but it sounds like a feel-good, family-friendly movie. Were there any 
mistakes along the way or anything that that didn't work out that other people can learn from? Oh, yes. So many mistakes along the way. I mean, I don't know how many times we killed stuff in the garden. Um, (laughs) Who hasn't? I mean, oh, I remember, you know, those early years just you know, feeling like we were beating our heads against the, the, you know, the, the table because, you know, the cutworms would come in and, and eat up all the things. And then we try to figure out what kind of organic, you know, substance we could put BP or whatnot to, to kill those. And I mean, there was just so many things that we learned along the way, but I think that's where the beauty lies is, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. right. And you learn from that and you grow from that and you're able to uh, get that knowledge. And so in making sure that we're sharing that knowledge um, to the individuals who are around us, so they know how to take care of the garden. Um, and again, that the knowledge just doesn't lie with one person, that it's really sped, spread equally. Creating a manual, creating a garden committee, you know, doing all of these things, having regular, um, you know, garden days where, where residents know they can drop it at any time and help. And so that starts to really help and the word starts to spread and you get stronger and stronger and stronger because you've allowed the, the community in on it. You've allowed them to take the ownership of it. And I think that is why our garden is so successful. That's a really good point. So it's not a handout. It's not something that's being done to you, but you're part of it. Absolutely. Is there anything you would want to add, Derek? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, it, even just in my own experience on the resilience it takes to to get out there and, and tend to our garden, especially out here in Florida, the the insects are, you know, out there heavily and doing it organically. You have to stay creative and you have to stay on your toes and maintain it consistently. Um, so like you said, it's not just one person. It's not just, you know, one time like this, all this circulating energy that's important to keeping the life of the garden. Well, this has been so interesting. Are there any other um resources you would want to share or any other words of encouragement for people looking to start a community garden? I would just say start. I mean, get out there and be a part of it. Um, You know, go to other community gardens and learn how they're doing it, what their systems are and how they're making it happen. Um, You know, the other piece that we didn't even touch on was um, we also had to have a two acre freshwater pond here that we stocked with fish. And so, you know, in the heart of the urban core, you can come catch a fish, pick organic veggies, then come into our teaching kitchen and classroom and cook a healthy organic meal from the heart of the community. Mm -hmm. People said it could ever be done and we showed it can. And that's the way that we're bringing people to the table, bringing the community together in a way that really um, gives them the power. Well, wow, I'm feeling so inspired. Congratulations on all your success. I might just have to like dig a little plot on that uh, that field that I was talking about earlier and just yeah. start growing some stuff awesome. and see what happens. So thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Sarah Combs is executive director of the University Area CDC, which oversees Harvest Hope Community Garden. And Derek Laracuente is a Harvest Hope Community Garden volunteer. The garden also has a teaching kitchen, and they shared some recipes with us. Broccoli salad, cucumber salad, eggplant appetizer, and panzanella salad. Imagine just pulling the fresh veggies right out of the ground and making one of these dishes to share with your neighbors. It doesn't get much better than that. You'll find all of these recipes on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. We get help from Chandler Balcom, Hannah Abdel-Majid, and Mark Hayes. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2022.